Welcome to the Lead Up Podcast, where one moment can change one life. Here is your host, Nick Poole, with some leadership steps you can take this month. Well, welcome uh, this month to our Lead Up Podcast. Uh, this is Nick Poole, your host, and we are just so blessed to have you join us as we kick off this new year, 2022. And this year, we're taking a little bit of a different format. Uh, each month, we're going to be bringing different interviews from leaders in the Norwin community. So we're excited about uh, those interviews throughout this year. So uh, look for those interviews to be dropping uh, each month. And uh, this month, we are joined by the uh, school district superintendent from Norwin School District, Dr. Jeff Taylor, and we're so blessed to have him with us. Uh, Dr. Taylor, thank you for being with us today. It is great to be here. Uh, share with us a little bit, kind of your background, how you uh, came to Norwin, you know, where you grew up, all of those things. Absolutely. Uh, I grew up in Cannonsburg, uh, went to Cannon Mac. Um, Started off very early knowing I wanted to be a teacher. Both my parents were teachers. Uh, my mother, actually, 73-year-olds, she's still teaching uh, elementary phys ed. Um, so I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I uh, started off teaching biology, and uh, I had a, a, one of our leaders kind of take me under their wing and said, you know what, you, you should think about being a principal. Um, and so I went back to school and, and got my papers and became a principal and then just moved up through uh, different roles in, to central administration and uh, came to Norwin in 2019. Pretty awesome. Now, you stepped into Norwin at a really pivotal, scary time, right before, you know, pandemic hits. And uh, uh, really the goal of this this uh, whole podcast is on leadership, and mm. some of the uh, leadership you've exercised, I think, has really uh, been so valuable for our school district and for our community, and uh, there's a lot we can learn from that leadership. And uh, kind of going backwards, rewinding a little bit, mm-hmm. how did you start to exercise your leadership skills and abilities at a young age? it's a good question. Um, I, if I think back, I spent a lot of time growing up at a roller skating rink in Cannonsburg. Um, I was there constantly, and I became a really good roller skater. And I think one of the things is when I was a teenager, they had asked me to help teach the, the younger kids, like kindergarten, first grade kids, in uh, how to skate. And, and so I kind of got the teaching bug at that point, and I was leading these little groups of, of children around and teaching them how to skate and you know, helping them when they fall to get back up again. Um, and then that led me into you know, wanting to be in a, kind of a leadership position of some kind when I was in high school. Um, and then I, I became a peer tutor for special education students, and I, I just really enjoyed that. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I think it's so fascinating when you see leadership uh, start to flesh itself out at a young age. It's not like you become an adult and all of a sudden you're a leader, but it starts real much earlier than that. Um, for, for parents that might be listening, what would you recommend to a parent who sees leadership ability in their own children? How can they nurture that? Oh, absolutely. I, I think that's extremely important. And it, really the key is providing them with additional opportunities to show leadership. And leaders come in, in different fashions. You don't necessarily have to be um, uh, you know, the captain of a ship to be a leader. So you can lead in lots of different ways. But I would say for parents to provide opportunities like clubs and activities and, and youth organizations um, and kind of you know get, get their children involved with multiple areas so they can um, – basically learn from other leaders and then take on leadership characteristics from those other people um, and then apply those in different activities. That's awesome. How have you seen um, leadership in just the schools you've been connected to? Uh, how have you seen, what, what have, let me ask you this, what have you learned from a lot of the students, student leaders that you see around you at Norwin and other school districts you've worked at? Uh, student leaders, I think that they're very passionate. They have, um, they have a, uh, uh, 
a passion for what they want to lead, um, whether it's something when I first came to Norwin, I, I very much remember a student came into one of the board meetings and talked about why they should have um, moved the high school back uh, in the time. And they, they did research on it, and they did a lot of work on it, and they were leading a group of students from student council, and they did a nice job with that. So I think it's, number one, passion, and you really believe in what you want to get across to people. That's awesome. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, you have uh, served as a school administrator for how many years now? Uh, about 20. 20 years. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's two decades. Yes. It's quite a while. What's the biggest leadership lesson you've learned as a school administrator? The biggest leadership lesson I've learned as a school administrator? Um, I would say true leaders really don't create followers. They create more leaders. Um, I think that's really important. And, and again, leaders come in many different fashions. But before you can do that, you really have to, you know, in a way, lead yourself and, and identify what are your core leadership beliefs as a person, as a leader. And, and once you identify those beliefs, stand by those beliefs, um, and then use those to guide you. So I, I have three as a leader. My first one is I always try to make decisions based on what's in the best interest of students first, closely followed by the best interest of faculty uh, staff, parents, and the community. So that, that's one. The second one is always to build, maintain positive relationships with all stakeholders because that helps you know districts to grow. And, and the third one is I believe in inspiring others to lead. I, I think that's extremely important. So once you identify your core beliefs as a leader, then you're able to really use those as your foundation uh, to make decisions. How did you uh, discover that? How did you discover the importance of having things built around those beliefs? Uh, I had a wonderful opportunity to be mentored by a number of really great leaders in my career who took me under their wing. And um, I, I would say that, you know, four or five of those leaders, I kind of took the best pieces of their leadership styles and then created my own eclectic leadership style. Um, and again, it's, it's really looking into yourself, reflecting, what do I believe are, are the important things? Now, did you seek out those mentors or did they just kind of come to you? Actually, mine, I was kind of lucky they came to me. Um, I, I didn't have to seek those out. Uh, I was very fortunate that they came to me. and They were former principals, former superintendents, assistant superintendents, um, and, and really serve as great mentors for me. What would you say to someone that's maybe looking for a mentor, hoping to find a mentor to help kind of lead them, guide them, teach them their ways? Sure. Um, don't be afraid to ask. Yeah. Uh, I mean, don't, do not be afraid to ask. You know, true leaders want others to lead. They want others to be successful in life. So I would say always be willing to ask someone to, can you help me out with this? Can you mentor me on this? And uh, I think true leaders will do that without yeah. a problem. What's the fear of people asking others to mentor them? I think there's always a feel someone will say no. And um, like I think rejection. You, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think you have to kind of get over that and, and not be afraid of that. Um, I, I feel like students do a really good job of asking teachers because our teachers are great leaders. I mean, that's a perfect example. All of our teachers are leaders, but they don't necessarily are recognized as like, well, you're the leader, you're the superintendent of the district. No, but we have 320 leaders in our school district yeah. and they're all teachers of classrooms. Yeah. So our students you know, can go to a teacher and say, hey, can you help me out with this project? Or can you help me with this activity or sport? Um, and again, true leaders always inspire others to lead. That's good. That's really good. If you could go back to uh, back in time and sit down with the Jeff Taylor who was in college, what would you tell him? Um, don't be a superintendent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I, I was scared. Scared <laughs> you from even going graduating. Yes. Um, 
Ah, that's a good. What would I go back and tell Jeff Taylor in college? Um, I guess spend more time um, working on building relationships that were kind of lifelong relationships. I didn't have, I, I don't, I don't have very many lifelong relationships from college that people you know are friends with. Um, so I, I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have spent more time working on those relationships and make them more long-lasting. Why is that? I think long-lasting relationships provide, again, a foundation for everyone, and they help you know, not just in support ways, but to encourage you to you know, be that person that can kind of, in the tough times, come over and help you out, and they know your history, they know who you are as a person. Um, and I, just, I think that's one thing I just didn't do a great job of is when I was in college is build those lasting ones. How have you done that since you've been an administrator? Well, I've learned, you know, from my mistakes in yeah. college, absolutely. So um, I always reach out every now and then to those folks uh, that did mentor me, and I keep in touch with them. Um, it's not just about, you know, sending Christmas cards and things like that. I will call them. There are, I mean, I had one of my most influential leaders was a principal. I was a teacher, and she's the first one that said, Jeff, you, you need to be a principal. You need to come in, and, and I'll help you with that. Well, she retired, oh, geez, and and. and late 90s, um, and she's living in North Carolina. And I actually, I, every two, three months, I call her, and we keep in touch. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. What What is it that drives your leadership today? Like, there's a lot of things that inspire, passions that uh, a leader possesses that kind of drive them. What is it that drives your leadership today? Well, I, I wake up every morning excited to come to Norwin and, because I think about I have the ability to work with a great team of other leaders to inspire children and to make the lives of children more successful, not just in the current moment, but we can inspire them to have very successful lives for the rest of their lives. And that really, uh, it drives what I do every day. It, it drives uh, my decision-making process and it, it excites me. How have you gotten your team on board with that same passion that you have? You know, you're Dr. Kerr, who was before you, was uh, a, you know a superintendent. You're a superintendent, but every person's different. Right. Wired differently, has different passions and and different things that drive them. How have you managed over these last couple of years during a pandemic to to get the team that's around you behind you? Uh, absolutely, that's a, another great question. I mean, every leader does have a different leadership style. It doesn't mean that one person's wrong and one person's right. It just means that there's different ways of leading, different styles. So for me, what I did was I, I believe strongly that school culture counts, and uh, that's really important to me. So one of the first things I did to get everyone to understand me as a leader is I did a lot of questioning and, and interviews and, and feedback and really talked to every stakeholder group, get their opinions. What do you think is going well? What do you think is not going well? And I gave them something that maybe they didn't feel before is a voice. I gave them a voice. They were being heard. And uh, I always take, if it's something small that I can do quickly, I will just absolutely stop what I'm doing that day and take immediate action and follow up with that person and say, hey, I took care of that. It's done. Because then that person knows you care. That's awesome. So taking a posture, kind of listen uh, mm-hmm. early on. What are some of the seeds of that culture that you're seeing now start to you know, take root, so to speak? What do you think some of the components of that culture? Um, I, I do see that 
other stakeholder groups are now asking others. They're doing surveys. You know, students are serving other students, which is great. Teachers are serving students. Teachers are serving other employees. So I, I, I see that more people are asking for feedback in different ways and then taking that feedback and making decisions and, and running from it. It's awesome. Yeah. I think there's something really key about leadership there that you recognize what drives you mm-hmm. and you then engaged stakeholders, those you're leading, to listen and then to help kind of connect the two pieces mm-hmm. of where people were from listening, but also where you're going mm-hmm. and bringing those together. And I think that's such a key component of leadership, not just I'm going to go and run over people and if you get there, then you get there, good luck. Uh, but also on the other side, not just saying, well, whatever you guys think is best, we're just going to do whatever you think, mm-hmm. but really kind of bring those two worlds together uh, where, hey, this is what drives me. This is what's important. The culture is really important to me. Mm-hmm. I want to foster that, nurture that culture within the district. And and now you're seeing it replicated where mm-hmm. students and teachers are, are taking that same posture. And I think that's a really, really cool uh, approach uh, to leadership. If you could change one thing about your past, what would it be? Wow. One thing about my past. Um... That's a hard one. I, I mean, I think I had a great, um, I had great family. I had great parents growing up. I had great support mechanisms growing up. Um, I guess I again, I think I'll go back to college. Like I, I think when I was in in high school and in college, the mistake I made was I had all these, you know, friends from different kinds of groups and different backgrounds, and and but they weren't deep friendships necessarily. They were more superficial because I was involved in so many different activities. Um, and so, again, is was forming those deeper relationships yeah. with, I guess, a core group of people that would then, you know, I would have lifelong friends for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I think that's one thing I wish I would have done. Now, you were a teacher yes. and then administrator. Mm-hmm. What was one of the biggest surprises you experienced when you made that switch from being a teacher to administrator? Because as a teacher, you like you said, you're a leader, mm-hmm. um, but you're a leader uh, under someone else's authority and kind of leading in someone else's kind of vision for something. As an administrator, you now start to take on a little bit of your own. What was the biggest surprise in that shift from being a teacher to an administrator? I think that the biggest shift, again, it's it's been 20 years. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's been a while. But from what I recall, the biggest shift for me was is learning that uh, – you know, you're not no longer in this small little classroom, this little bubble. You have to look at perspectives that are much bigger, much higher level. It's no longer you're at the ground level. You're looking at the 30,000 foot view, looking down, seeing that big picture, and then connecting all the important pieces together. Um, that and that was hard. I, I remember that. That was a, that was a hard transition because sometimes people, when they first get into you know larger leadership positions, they're used to having like kind of tunnel vision. They see what they want to see, um, and so learning to see that broader perspective and the importance of that broader perspective um, was a, was a tough transition. Yeah, and over the last couple of years, one of the things I've appreciated about your leadership with our district is the importance that you place, the value and priority you place on listening to stakeholders. Mm-hmm. You know, listening to all the parents and faculty and students and and all the stakeholders, and I think that's a, a really unique um, skill for a leader mm-hmm. that a lot of leaders miss because they get into their one thing that they want. But leadership isn't just what you want; right. it's taking what everyone else wants and pointing at what you feel, the direction you feel, and you have to take all that into account. And mm-hmm. I know uh, we've talked about this before, but. 
the decisions of a uh, of a district through COVID, the decisions mm-hmm. of a district through uh, tragedy, the decisions of a district through changes and transformation, and you know shifting things from this to that, and you know all of those things. Those aren't done in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Those are decisions that are incredibly, incredibly complex. Mm-hmm. There's so many layers to them. Uh, and in today's culture, even more layers probably than before. Uh, and I think that's such a, a unique thing that I don't want to run past, that leadership is layered mm-hmm. and uh, good leaders recognize the layers and take mm-hmm. those into account. They don't just look at the top layer, maybe the loudest voice or the most public thing, but taking into account all of those voices mm-hmm. and all those layers to make good decisions. Um, uh, that next question, uh, kind of we're, we're about halfway through the school year now. Mm-hmm. Um, what what are you looking forward to in the second half of this, this school year, the 2021-2022 school year? Uh, getting back to normal school and pre-pandemic school um, is is what I'm really looking forward to. And I knock on wood, that's, you know, going to happen shortly here, hopefully. But um, we have some great things planned for the, the spring. Um, I'm really excited. We're doing more community outreach programs and more community activities. And I think that's something that's really important. You know, the majority of the taxpayers in, in North Huntington, Irwin, North Irwin, they don't have children in this school. But And there's no community center in this community. So I, I believe that all those taxpayers, they should have have access to our, our facilities. We, we have great facilities. So um, I'm really excited about some new outreach programs, senior citizen programs. We have a, a bunch of different things going on with uh, uh, the community. I'm also really excited about getting back to uh, student activities that are more uh, again, pre-pandemic. I'm really looking forward to that. I had an opportunity yesterday, actually, it was, it was really funny. We, <laughs> our school district, like other ones, we're having, we're honestly in a staffing crisis. Yeah. We, we absolutely yeah. are. And um, you know, you talk about decisions and leadership. Um, I had to decide within like 10 minutes, basically, the other day. We don't ha- We did not have nearly enough adults to run a cafeteria in a middle school. Wow. Um, and you obviously you have to serve food to have school. So I, I either had to close school because we didn't have enough adults or quickly come up with a plan. And um, I did not want to close school. So yesterday, um, Dr. McCracken, myself, my, my executive assistant, another secretary, we all were at the middle school. We learned how to be the lunch ladies. And awesome. we were the lunch food service workers yesterday. And the great thing about that was I got to, a chance to talk to students again, and I, I sometimes I lose that, and I'm really happy. I talked to a group of girls at a table, and I asked them, you know, if you could change things, what would you change? I asked them, what do you really like that's happened, you know, over the last year, two years? Um, and just hearing the excitement in their voices about things, again, that excited me, inspired me. Uh, I'm really much... Technology is a big passion of mine. Yeah. I really love instructional technology. I know it engages kids. You know, we we're the digital natives. They're they're the or we're the immigrants. They're the digital natives, I should say. But um, when you see a student with an iPad in their hand, and I didn't even say the word iPad. I said, "What do you love the most about this school year?" And these girls, all eighth graders, said, "We love the fact that we have iPads and we can do our homework anytime, anywhere, any place." And that just made me extremely awesome. happy. That's awesome. What what do you what have you learned? And this is a, an awesome example of this. What have you learned about taking a setback and making an opportunity, or taking an obstacle, making an opportunity? Like yesterday, what you just mentioned was a setback, an obstacle, mm-hmm. a significant, and it's really much easier to just shut school down. I know mm-hmm. that's not the goal, but right. the easier decision is shut school down, basically 
lean into the obstacle and let it run the run the show. Right. But right. you didn't do that. You stepped back and said, "Okay, what's the opportunity here?" Uh, where you got to do something that you might not normally do that actually was a win, mm-hmm. right? I mean, right, the students right. got to see the superintendent and the assistant mm-hmm. superintendent, and, mm-hmm. and that, that's kind of a neat win. How, what have you learned over these last two years about taking obstacles and making them opportunities, so taking a negative and making it a positive? Um, I would say one of the biggest things I've learned about that is that, well, actually two things. Number one, you have to find the silver lining in everything. And, and you know, if you look for negativity in something, I promise you, you will find it. So you have to work a little bit harder sometimes to look for something positive and look for those silver linings. So that's number one. Number two is when you have those kind of things happen, you have to communicate with people. You have to sometimes even overly communicate with people. Um, So between communication and and practicing positivity, I think those are some big lessons. Where did you learn that? Where did you learn to to be positive? There's a lot of negative people in the world. (laughs) Where did you learn to take a positive approach to things? Um, I mean, again, it's, I had multiple leaders that kind of took me under their wing and I, that's one of the things I took from a couple of them is that, you know, I would get down about something and I would get frustrated about something and they would always say, you know what, look at this again, look at this situation again. What, what could we do here that is actually a good thing? Um, and so I kind of learned that from my mentors and then just started to apply it in little pieces at a time. And now it's just, it, it's turned into a part of who I am as a leader. It's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, last question I have here, Why, wh- what do you hope your leadership legacy will be at Norwin School District? Um, my leadership legacy, um, I really would love to see inspire other leaders to be leaders. And, you know, John Maxwell has a book, uh, many books on leadership, but the one he has is the levels of leadership. And the highest level, he says, is level five. And that is your job as a leader to inspire other leaders to basically take over your position and do better than you did. Yeah. And so my legacy, I would hope, would be to inspire other people to lead and come in and, and do better. The, the, the goal, uh, kind of fruit or result of that legacy could be that one day the person that takes your job is at Hontan Elementary right now, or, absolutely, or at you know Sheridan Terrace, mm-hmm. and and that uh, they see something of, from you and inspires them to pursue that themselves. That would be pretty cool. That would be. Any uh, as we kind of wrap up, any final thoughts on leadership lessons you've learned, uh, things you'd like to to leave us with uh, in the area of leadership? I would just again um, practicing positivity and. You know, I think the core beliefs of leadership, sometimes you see leaders and they, they just kind of make decisions on, you know, different things on different days. And depending on when you ask them, you kind of ad hoc, to, almost uh, yes. schizophrenic. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And I, so I think you, you really have to identify what are your core beliefs, what are those core values you have as a leader, and then always remember those when you make important decisions. Yeah. Keep that as kind of a filter. Yes. Before you make a big decision. Come back to your core beliefs, those values, absolutely, and allow it to filter through that. Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's good advice. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Taylor, for being with us today. It's such an honor to have you uh, join us for this uh, podcast, and uh, we are always blessed to, to, to get to talk, and uh, so glad you took some time with us. And uh, for everyone listening, thank you for joining us for uh, our monthly Lead Up podcast. You can subscribe on all the podcast platforms, and we look forward to uh, you joining us again next month for our next uh, interview. As 
we continue our conversations next month, uh, we'll be uh, speaking with Megs Yun from Beverly's Birthdays right here in North Huntington. It's going to be an incredible interview as we talk about uh, her leadership through the pandemic and how she's uh, grown a nonprofit to be a multi-million dollar nonprofit. So we're excited to have that conversation. So uh, look forward to you joining us next month uh, on the Lead Up Podcast. Thank you again and uh, have a great day. This has been the Lead Up Podcast. This episode has been underwritten by Calvary Church of Irwin, PA. You can find out more about Calvary by visiting calvaryirwin.com. Join us again next month on the Lead Up Podcast where one moment can change one life.